My goodness, I've missed you guys as well. A lot, lot, lot. You really are a special, special bunch of people. Do you know that? Look at me when I talk to you, Mr. Bush. <laughs> no, really, you, you really are so close to our hearts, and this is our home, and it is so wonderful to be back. So I just wanted to say thank you so much um, for giving us this time uh, to be on a call it a mini sabbatical. Um, I know you didn't really have the, weren't part of the decision, but um, uh, Jacques, you and Shane and um, Helmut and Vida, you blessed us in going and just, um, yeah, just carried on loving each other and, and you all loved each other, you know, it's not a, a top-run church, as you know, so Thank you for the support that we felt and the blessing that we felt in, in our going. It, it really was a wonderful, wonderful time. <clears throat> um, may I have my water, please, babe? It's somewhere there. And um, thank you. I think those of you that know, the last 12 months literally has been quite full on. On the 28th of September last year, my business partner left in our manufacturing business and it meant being sort of like full-time there and then uh, the church. So it felt like for the last year it's almost been like 24-7, not quite, but almost, you know. So it's just been like really full-on. Uh, so it was really something that we, that we really needed. But we've returned with such full hearts, really. Our hearts are full and we are so just ready for this next, this next season that the Lord has for us. I think the way we looked at this sabbatical was almost about letting the, the ground lay fallow, but and just putting nutrients into the soil and um, doing a bit of weeding and pruning. Um, who knows, pruning is not always the easiest thing, but it's a beautiful season to actually watch what happens when you do prune, isn't it? Currently, in the physical, if you see just coming back and your garden is just sprouting and there's life and it's, it's wholesome. And so it was very much a time of us just doing, doing that. Uh, we went away for a bit of it for the first week and a, a bit with our family, and then we were back in Joburg. And uh, when we were back in Joburg, we were just very intentional because we thought, sure, the six weeks could go like this. Previous times we've had sabbaticals before we were in ministry, it had been like the Lord had led us in like three months, you know. Or, um, so we thought, oh, the six weeks going to go like this, you know. Um, so we were very intentional when we were at home, um, just working into things personally, in our marriage, in our family, just really investing and, as I said, putting nutrients into the soil, so to speak. And then I also had some time away because she said, you must go. <laughs> no, she didn't kick me out. Um, but I went away for three nights and just on my own. And I, like, just unbelievable. I, you feel so guilty. And she's like, no, you must. She, it was her idea. But then you think, like, my goodness, we really should be doing this. Friends, you should be doing that. You should be getting time away, just you, for a bit. You know, you, it feels like, ooh, too much. But you come back and you're different. Mila said to me, Dad, you're different. I went on a long hike and the Lord just, it was like this hike, um, what's it, sozo, for those of you that know what a sozo is. Um, and then the last week of the, the sabbatical um, was the crowning time because... Do you know that on Tuesday, I am married for 25 years to this amazing, amazing woman. And um, yeah, we, we went away for, for a week just to celebrate our, 
our anniversary, and it was amazing. I'm just fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with uh, with her, and um, yeah, we've just the level of connection and intimacy, and that is just growing. So I'm just so thankful for you, babe. I really am. Um, And guess what? We were gifted a week in Mauritius. Like, what? What? Right? I mean, who, who gets that? Friends, we come back just overwhelmed with God's lavish goodness. Honestly, we are completely overwhelmed by His goodness. And, you know... The business, the reason my business partner left is because there was no money left and he like, needed to make a plan. So it was in a bad space, right? A year later, making the decision to go on this, this time, the church, amazing hands. The business, there are no hands where I'm not in some places, right? So it was a real risk. But we come back, obviously keeping tabs on things along the way, but... Do you know that August and September have been our best months? We go away and the business just flows in. September is our highest turnover month that we've just finished in the last three years. And I wasn't there. So I'm going away on another sabbatical. Um, If only it was a formula. Um, but it just it speaks to how faithful the Lord is, friends, that he knows the small, small details. He's in charge. Um, and, you know, sometimes we wait for things to line up, okay? Okay, great. The business is now fine. Everything's funny. There's money in the bank. Let's go. And then we want to go. But sometimes there's moments when we have to jump out the boat. And so I just want to encourage you, where the Lord is in, calling you to jump out the boat on some things, do it. If you've heard from him, he backs you up. And um, yeah, just it's been amazing to see how the Lord has threaded in this very short period of time, using various people, speaking into our lives, speaking to my life, things he's shown us, this thread that we thought, well, what can happen in six weeks? So much happened in our hearts in six weeks. I can't tell you so much. And you can see the thread of what the Lord has done the whole way through. And so I think, honestly, my conclusion is that he's so much closer. He knows every single detail, even the things that you're trying to hide from him, friends. He knows those things. He's so much closer, and he's weaving them all together in this wonderful story of our lives for our good, for those that love him. And so this morning, I'm wanting to... Because it's so good to be home, I want to talk on home sweet home. <laughs> uh, well, not, that's not the title of my message, but I want to talk about home today. And it, it might feel like a bit of pruning. So I'm apologizing, not apologizing up front. Maybe, Jackie, I should have given you this message. But I think we've just been through, or I've been through, a, um, a, a season of pruning. And then the other side of it, it's like, oh my goodness, there's goodness it's a good thing. That thing that was Aina is now amazing and good, you know, just as the Lord tweaks you. It's like, oh, this is not going to be good for you. You can't keep going on like that for the next 12 months. 
tweak this, tweak that, you know. Um, working on things in our relationship. We have communication patterns that you're like, oh, actually, it's not bad, but it's not great. Let's tweak that. Pruning only happens on trees and bushes that are bearing fruit, right? So it's not like, oh, we chop the thing down and start again. No, the things in your life that are bearing fruit, you prune and it bears even more fruit, right? So, um, so I'm speaking on home. And friends, isn't home the best? When you've been away and you come back, Jacques, that's a wonderful smile. <laughs> Home is the best when you come back and you come in and you're embraced by the ones that you, that you love. It's just especially, I had a quick trip to the UK this last weekend. You come back, a whirlwind, and then there's these faces that just embrace you. And it's, it's just the best. And I think when you think of home, what do you think of? You think of a place, you think of family. It's a place where you're known where you loved, where you celebrated, where you feel safe. It's a place where you establish identity. It's a place where you laugh, love, cry, um, grieve, experience all of life's, life's complexities, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it's a place where you're nurtured. It's a place where your, your gifts are identified and called out and invested into it's also a place where you're disciplined and you steered and you corrected. Um, but more than anything, not more than anything, it's also a place where we can really just be ourselves. Right? Um, sometimes we're having a crazy moment in our house and Kirsty will say, or the kids will say, if people could just see you now. Because <laughs> I can be a very crazy Rob. You might not, you probably wouldn't believe it, but um, there are pictures that will be guarded at great cost. Um, Madison is the worst. She's the one with her, her phone. When things start getting crazy, she's, she like pulls out her phone from her pocket, you know, to try and take her. She's going to start, she's going to capture this on film. And I have to, there's things I've had to make her, her delete because you just let go and you're crazy and you are just completely yourself, right? Uh, can I also say that this lady over here in the front row, we've got pictures of her that would change your thoughts on how proper she is. Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, but friends, ultimately, it's a place of freedom. And ultimately, ultimately, it's a place where you get to be loved unconditionally. Now, some of us can say, I've, yes, I've experienced that. But most of us, it'll be to a degree, right? It'll be a degree to that. Some have had very healthy homes. Some of us haven't had very healthy homes. It's a varying de degree. And I just want to say up front that there's no perfect home. Now, that's not to leave you with a lack of hope, right? There is hope. It is coming. I think God has designed us with a desire for home. It's deep within our DNA. There's a deep, deep longing for love, home, for acceptance, and for all those reasons that I've just mentioned. And in his goodness, he designed what home looks like. It looks like a, a man, 
a husband and wife, a man and a woman coming together into this glorious, wonderful closeness, this unity that can only be compared to the kind of unity that we come into when we are joined with Jesus. When we are fused with him, when we are made with one with him and the Father, it's that same unity that he displays through a marriage. And then he backs up. We get to experience a picture of that closeness and that intimacy and that union. And then he goes and shows that to us when we give our hearts to him and we become, become one with him. And so that's the start of family. It's this husband and this wife coming together in this union. And then God says, be fruitful and multiply. Go and make babies. And it's in that place, from that place in home, that um, we get to experience this unconditional love. And it's a picture of earthly home. We get to experience a degree of that. But it's actually a picture of his kingdom and how he interacts with us. And it's a picture of what it's like, I think, even before creation, of what the, it was like in, with, between Father, Son, and Spirit, this beautiful, harmonious relationship between them. And so it's very relational and it's whole. But now, what about those that don't have a home? You know, is that, that's just it, you know? Or you came from a really bad home? The answer is no, it's not it. And I love the fact that the father gets involved, especially then. Um, Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God settles the solitary in a home. Now, what kind of home is that? Friends, his home is a home that trumps the homes that we come from. It's a place where we get to experience all of those wonderful, wonderful qualities that I was uh, describing earlier. And, you know, while we were away, I was reading John 14, and this, this specific part of thing really jumped out at me like it, it hasn't before in the past from John 14. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And, and here's what jumped out. And we will come to him and we will make our home with him. Isn't that amazing that Father, God Almighty, and Jesus will say, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to make home with you. So he's going to come and make his home with you. It's quite phenomenal. If you had to, if you had to picture that somewhat in the natural of coming home through that door from your trip and God the Father and Jesus are there and they're waiting to embrace you and be that family, maybe that family that you've never had before and they are the ones to embrace you. What kind of a home do you think that would be like? So I want you to think about that, not maybe where you've come from, but what kind of a home it would be if, if the Father and the Son were those that were welcoming you home. I mean, I, and he wants to be with you. I think about Jesus just after his resurrection, waiting on the beach for his disciples on the boat. And they come home and he's made them a braai, like a, a charcoal fire, it says. So it's a braai. <laughs> with fish. He's like, I want to eat with them. Not like I'm coming floating on the clouds to tell you how to live your lives. No, he wants to get in there and he wants to eat with them. 
He wants to be with us, at home with us. So just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful um, scripture of Jesus saying he wants to be with us. And the good news is that we're all invited, every single one of us. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling a bit anar, because as I even mentioned that word home, it's like it's a little bit sore. Everybody is invited. It's like Lilo and Stitch. Who's watched that movie? Oh, who's watched it? Ohana. What does that mean? Ohana means family, and family means? No one gets left behind. None of us are excluded from this thing. And especially when we have no family, the Lord gets involved. Isaiah 54 verse 5 talks about widows. He says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And to the fatherless, he says in Psalm 68, he's a father of the fatherless and protector of widows is the God is God in his holy nation. He becomes our father. He becomes everything that we are needing and we are lacking. So friends, Ohana, no one gets left behind. <laughs> and um, we must continue to pursue wonderful earthly family that doesn't fall away. And why? Because that is good. It's a good foundation Society, our countries, our communities are built on the base, on the back of solid, healthy, whole families. Our nations are built. So we, we pursue that. But at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. Like the disciples, Jesus makes his way to them. We're all in the same boat. We meet Jesus, and he invites us on this journey of becoming whole in his family. And so our, can I say that home with Jesus supersedes our earthly home. It doesn't diminish it, doesn't make it irrelevant, but our home with Jesus is the only place that we're going to find true wholeness, healing, true identity. And from that place, we then get to bring heaven to earth. I then from that place get to go back to my family and inject what I've received from heaven back into the family in order to, to find a, a, that, a place of wholeness and healing for my children um, and for my wife. And so my, the title of my message this morning is um, Not Every House is a Home. I think some of you can identify with the experience of home, um, that I described, as I said, others of you, you've had the complete opposite um, experience. Others are like, no, it wasn't so bad, but it was just like we were passing ships in the night. It was just like a house. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I knew that I was loved, sure, but there was no intimacy. There was no real connection. It was just sort of a little bit vanilla, Right? And so I want to say that as believers, we can be in his house, but not necessarily experience home. And then we, we read, as I said, in John 14, where Jesus offers to make home with us. 
But sometimes, as I said, we settle for just being in his house. Now, can I say that being in his house, if I speak about it like that, you've still got the full inheritance. You're saved. You, you, you know, you, whatever, you, full inheritance. Um, it's all yours. But we don't necessarily live with the same joy and love and depth and um, adventure and ultimately fruitfulness. We just don't live with that same richness of what, what home actually offers us. And friends, Jesus' heart for us is that we would experience extreme fullness of joy. Right? He, he, reads in, uh, he says to us in John 15, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So what are these things? These things I've spoken to you. What are these things that your joy may be full? He's speaking about abiding, living, dwelling with him so that our joy may be full. Let's read it. Um, John uh, 15 verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And friends, he wants to make a home with you. And so let's just go back to the, the concept of um, of home. Now we, naturally, we just, we're born into a family, right? You start off as a little baby and um, you are fully dependent on your parents. Um, and that's the place where you get nurtured and loved and fed and um, corrected, steered, etc. And hopefully at the end of that time, um, can I say in a good home, you end up mature, Right? And as we know, any good parent that really loves their child are going to discipline them and correct and steer them. Because what happens when you, if you don't? You end up as a 25-year-old man-child, or I don't know what the equivalent of a man-child is for a woman, but um, a, a woman-child, I suppose. It just doesn't sound the same, because we know what a real man-child is. <laughs> but... Um, We don't want to get to that place where, and I think I know of examples of, um, of somebody recently that we've been speaking to, not in this church, but the husband is just like, he's got his way his whole life and never had to be pushed, never been uncomfortable, always got what he needed. And so when there's a little bit of difficulty and conflict, he's like, I'm not playing anymore, you know, I'm not playing, you know. And just behaving, it's like, it's like you can imagine the same behavior happening in uh, one of your little ones that you've seen, right? And um, I think maybe some of the ladies here have dated someone like this that I'm speaking about. Uh, it's not a good thing, is it? But, you know, it's the same when we get born again. We, we come into the kingdom as a baby. Like, literally, you're a baby. You're needing milk and you're needing to move on to maturity. Um, we read that, Hebrews. 
He's obviously speaking to a whole bunch of um, people like I've just described here. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. And then in Hebrews 6, um, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again the foundation, and he goes on, and he lists five things that are the foundation. So he's addressing, basically he's addressing a group of like man-children, like we need to go back because of the way that you are, you, you're behaving, you actually need to get these things uh, right first. Now, obviously, we're born as infants, but the problem is, is that most of us get born again, not all of us, but a lot of us get born again when we're adults, right? So we are independent. We're not naturally dependent. And so we have to make a real active choice in order to, to surrender and be dependent. And what we really actually need to do, each one of us, no one's excluded from this, as we come into the kingdom, is like what could be helpful is to actually imagine yourself as a little baby um, and realize that we actually need a lot of instruction as we come into his kingdom, as we are born again, brand new, born again like little babies. The word's very clear on that, needing milk. Okay, so how do we get to be at home with Jesus? What does he say in that scripture? He says it's very simple. Love him, and obviously be loved by him. We can only love him because he loved us first. So love him and do what he says. And we're going to grow up healthy. I'll read it. It says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Those two things. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and we'll make a home with him. So like Kirsty said, yes. I prayed out earlier during the worship. Like, yes, daddy. That's our response. It's a big yes, daddy. Um, Pete, don't you want to put up John 14? On, on the slide, I'm just going to read that. John 14, verse 15. It says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And it is he who loves me. Sorry, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judah said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father who has sent me. Friend, we are being called back to a place of full obedience. Now, that's not a very nice and popular 
word, right? And can I say that the degree to which that word triggers me is the degree to how much of a man-child I am. Think about that. The degree to which that word, obedience, ooh, the degree to which that triggers me is actually how big a man-child I am. Because it's like, oh, I'm like reacting against that. You know, and it's a, it's a, a swear word in our culture. Linked with that, the word um, uh, submission. The definition of submission is the action of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will of authority of another person. Friends, it's completely counter-culture. Now, I'm not talking about yielding and submitting to something that's abusive. I'm talking about yielding and submitting to the one who invented love, right? It's, it's, submitting, to, it's submitting to something extremely good, but it's counterculture. And when we bring our counterculture into the kingdom, that, you know, don't you tell me, you know, we... we exercise our counter will in reaction against things that are uncomfortable. It's like this counter will push back against something that's just a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable because we've been so molded by what the world says I should be. And it's mostly all about me and, and what I need. And, you know, um, now mirror that onto a little child, but think of an adult and think of the kingdom. Um, and so when we bring that into the kingdom, we remain immature as believers, and we're still saying, Daddy, and we're praying, and we're asking him for all these things, but almost like, like the, a, a little one, and then we wonder why he just doesn't give us just like what we want, when we want, on time, you know, the way we would when we're little, little, um, a little one, and Ultimately, when we're in that space, we're not fruitful. And so, why do we need to be obedient? One, because we love him. We really love him, and he's a good dad. He's not a mean dad. And a lot of us need to take off the experiences that we've had with, with our fathers, because it's like, it's just too foreign but we need to go down that road and we need to, we need to be obedient because we love him. And two, that we would mature in order that we would be fruitful. Now, the, the irony of this, the irony of this is that we become the child who gets whatever we ask for. It's ironic because, now some of you are looking at me funny, put up the slide pit, the next one, uh, John 15, uh, verse 7. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Why? Because by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and, proved to be, uh, and so prove to be my disciples. It's asking for things where our wills and our love and our hearts are so entwined with the Father that we, beget, we become those children that ask what we want and he gives it to us. Not the child is asking for an ice cream now or else. 
right? We throw our tantrum. We become fruitful. Now, friends, I, I, it feels like a hard message, you know? I feel like maybe you, some of you are saying, like, well, isn't that, like, religious? Isn't that legalistic? Just do what it says, you know? Um, and I want to say that we mustn't confuse saying yes to everything Jesus asks us to do with being religious. Jesus wasn't religious, was he? He's our model. I mean, we just read that he says um, up there in, in John uh, 15, he says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. We've just read that. And as you read through, through John over and over, it's like, oh, wow, this is a bit repetitive, you know, but obviously he's trying to make a point. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Um, and so he's our model. It's not a religious thing because he knows that he, and he gets it. He understands that this is, this is, this is going to bring about something that's really good. Um, John, uh, John 12, you can put that one up, Pitt. Um, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say, what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. He knows this is going to lead to exploding um, uh, fruitfulness. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And so, friends, we get born into this world as children, and it's beautiful. We have to be dependent. We get no option, right? The ones that are not here this morning even because they've got such dependent little children, you've got no option. You are dependent. And as I said, you be put into a, planted into a good home, and you will thrive. But as adults coming into the kingdom, we need to choose dependence. We come in independent. We need to choose dependence. We need to choose to surrender because it's like when we let go of our life, we actually find our life fully and um, we mature and we are fruitful. And what does it say? We, we, we reap a harvest that is a hundred times bigger than when we hold on to our own self-will and don't tell me what to do. Jesus, because this is very uncomfortable. So I'm going to give you another one that's a bit of a trigger. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. Um, he disciplines the ones he loves. Now that is a big word. Um, put up Hebrews 12, please. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And if you are left without discipline, you end a man-child. No, it doesn't say that, sorry. Um, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. We all do our best, but we blow it, right? Any parent will know that. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. 
For the, in the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I feel like, it's like, sure, Rob, this is a really hard word today. And can I say, that's not my heart, friends, that really, I hope you can hear that. It's not my heart. Um, it's also not my words. So, don't shoot the messenger. Um, really, I, I say this because my heart is that each one of us would be fruitful, that we would grow and that we would expand and stop like roller coaster, roller coaster. What should be, how many days in the desert takes 40 years? Is it 10 days walk? takes 40 years in the desert, we just keep going round and round the mountain. Um, I also want to say that this is not an opposite of grace message. Some of you are like, oh, Rob, go for it. Tell them. Bring out the stick. <laughs> Friends, this is not the opposite of a grace message. This is not yin and yang, right? Uh, uh, the, 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 the loving grace father is going to give you an ice cream, and then it's going to be the angry stick guy that's going to come and give you a beating just to get you back in line. No, no. We need to understand that this all happens within the lens of love. It's the, it's the Father's heart. There is no shadow in him. It's because he loves us. He knows that, come, my friend. We, see? Um, um, He's giving us, so you know, it threw me because I spilled my water all over the thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's through, it's not the opposite of grace. It's, it's, it's the same Father that brings love and correction. Now, we've gotten distorted in that sometimes, but it's like I do not want Jude or Miller growing up to be, I don't want Jude to be a 25-year-old husband or 35-year-old husband having a tantrum in, you know, in his house and like thinking that's okay, you know, because I feel like it, you know. I want him, I, so the correction I bring isn't from a place of, of harshness. It's I want to, like, hey, this is my son, you know. This is my son. And so we mustn't confuse um, letting people just do what they want. Or be like, oh, that's being graceful to them. Let me just let my kids do, and some of the parents need to hear this, just let my kids do what they want um, because it's being kind to them without bringing any kind of correction because it's not loving. They actually need that, but they need it be, to be done in a really, really good way. And so I need to hurry up here. Um, just we need to look at this through a lens of love, friends. It needs to all be looked at through the lens of the love. You know, on one side, we can have illegitimate, unloved children where there's no correction brought. Do what you want. I don't care. Just carry on. Be free. Um, do what you want. Illegitimate, unloved children. No father looking out to say, ah, it's not going to be good for you. Looks like it in the moment, but later it's not going to be good for you. And them just getting, getting their way. On the other side, so illegitimate sons and daughters, or I mean children, 
or sons and daughters. And friends, we read in, um, in Romans 8 that the earth itself is groaning, groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. It says in verse 19, for creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom and the glory of the children of God. The earth's not groaning for Christian delinquents. People that are not really part of the family, just growing up doing my own thing, don't tell me what to do when it gets uncomfortable, independent, life on my own terms, just when it's convenient, it's good for me, when it's not convenient for me, it's not good for me, I'll do it my way. That's not what the earth is growing for. People that, you know, not, we just don't give ourselves, we don't love, we don't serve, we're just doing it on my terms. And friends, I don't want to be the equivalent of a Christian man-child, and I know you don't either. Um, and maybe this sounds extreme, but I think it really depends to what degree we give our yes. Because we can sit often and we can go through life with the Lord, and it's like, yes, 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 yeah, yes, 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 yes. Ooh, no, that's a bit uncomfortable. Um, let me just push away from that one. Yes, 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 you know, etc. Just pick and choose what we think, as opposed to like actually being taught by Him, being taught by the Holy Spirit. And when it's Aina, Pause, go there, and say, oh, I wonder on the other end of this if it's going to be good for me. And so, as I said, it starts with me actively surrendering and submitting my life. First to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, and then secondly to each other. I need to submit myself to the people that love me, not the people that are in positions that want to abuse me, but the people that really love me. I actually need to submit my life to them in order to be, it's a mutual submission, often. It's not a hierarchy of something going down. Submit, the word, what does the word say? Submit one to another, right? We do need to, and in that space, we get to, to be made, we grow up into maturity. And so friends, as I've started off with, Jesus wants to make his home with you. And so this morning, I really think it's an invitation from him and for us to respond, just an invitation home where we can actually be our loving, be loved, and just be ourselves, our crazy selves. It's not an invitation. This is not a hard message. Now, you, you, in where we come from, you might think it's, it's a hard message. It's not a hard message. It's actually, it's an invitation into a glorious home with Jesus and the Father, where there's always wide open arms, no judgment, only wanting to better you, not to hide you. Nothing gets hidden from them anyway. It's like, oh, see what's happening in your bedroom there, you know? Come, son. Like, let's, and it's, 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 it's a lifting up. Um, it's not a servant-master relationship. If you're hearing it as a, as a harsh word, um, or like a rules-based, like I need to do X and Y, Z so that those two are going to love me and come and make their home for me. 
It's not, it's not what was said here. It's because he loves us, and there's a love back for him. It's like, no, come, do. Like, Mila, won't you come and do this, please? Yes, Dad. Because she, lo- there's a love. It's not like a, Mila, now, come, you know. It's, a, it's, it's an invitation into family. Can I say, it's a, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you, home. It's a, his joy will be full in you, home. And so can we, maybe let me end there, and I want to ask us, can we respond in our hearts today? Um, the degree to which you got irked, can I ask you just to, or triggered, you know, um, it's not easy when something, because you feel it, right? You feel that, that pain or that pushback. Can I ask you, just take that before the Father, and say, Jesus, what is that? What is that in me that when I hear certain things that it's just like, no, nope, I don't want to hear it, you know? And we all like that. Not one of us is excluded from this. So, you know, you know people preach messages that they actually have been working through themselves, right? So I'm not preaching at you. I'm working through these things. I've realized that, oh, actually I need pruning in this area. I need tweaking in this area. It's, yeah, it's Aina. And my first reaction, I don't want to play. <laughs> That's my first reaction, if I'm honest. But then I'm like, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit works on me. Okay, I'm coming. Jesus. Um, and so I would like us to respond to a good, good father this morning. Not with a heavy heart, but just from a, from a place of his goodness draws us to repentance. And maybe, friends, we do need a little bit of repentance today. Maybe it's a, a slight correction. Maybe it's a radical turn in some spaces, right? Um, but I want to encourage you that the word says there that there might be pain for a moment. Which person enjoys discipline in the moment? You know, when you take that ice cream away from the child or whatever, well, not the, you know, you don't take ice cream from a child. What am I saying? When you, whatever, when, however you deal, and they're like, no, you didn't give it to me or whatever. In the moment, iPad, iPad. <laughs> um, in the moment, it feels like this person is not thing. But you know, it's just, a, it's like anyone that's mature will look at that and say, oh, no, no, your parents aren't being mean to you right now. Um, it might be painful in the moment, but it yields a fruit. Can I say that God has a way and he's designed a way and when we say yes to that way, not a combination of like this, what the world says and this and like, oh, that doesn't quite gel so maybe it's old-fashioned. Let me take that. When we come under the umbrella of his way, what happens? There's fruitfulness. It explodes um, the fruitfulness in our lives. He, he takes those things and he makes us whole. And those areas that were so difficult before, actually suddenly you look and you're like, oh my goodness. Like I've seen with our, if you come to our house next week, which you, I hope you all do. We're having a combined home church in our home next Sunday. You'll see as you come down the driveway where we've cut back the, the winter grass. It's those lovely like winter grasses. You cut them back and they're just like, oh. The green shoots come out and the trees that we thought, oh my goodness, we've killed them, you know, almost, not quite, but we've trimmed, trimmed them back. They're just like sprouting, you know, 
It's just there's goodness on the other side of this waiting for you. And so, friends, the world needs powerful sons and daughters. It's what it's groaning for. And actually, it's what you're groaning for. As I said in the beginning, a deep part of your DNA wants that, that safety of home. And it's only when we let go, sometimes our, our rebellious teenager ways of like, don't tell me, that on the other end of that, we're like, oh my goodness, look what I found on the other end of this space. So that's where I'm going to end. But I want to ask you to make a decision today. Just make a, make a decision in your heart. If you felt like the Holy Spirit is wooing you in a space, make a decision, make an active decision because, you know, and as I said, maybe look at yourself as a little, think about yourself a little bit less lofty than what we do currently, you know, like, oh, this is who I am. Actually, I came into the kingdom a baby. Help me, Jesus, help me. Show me, let me read his word. What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What are people saying to me about these things or the things I'm going through? Just submit ourselves. So if you need to make a decision in your heart today, I'm not going to ask for a response or anything, but just make a decision right now. Maybe close your eyes for a second and just say, Jesus, just from your heart, he's the only one that's going to do this in you. No one else. We can help each other along the way, but ultimately we decide you know, we are own, our own free will. And so just ask him if you need to make any kind of a correction or for his help. And when you've done that, don't be somber. Go and enjoy home with him, because <laughs> it's a really good space. And friends, go and enjoy your own homes today, and, um, and people that you love. If you're not in a home, just reach out. Can I encourage you, those that don't have family, reach out. Reach out. Make family. Can we be each other? And I know you guys are amazing like this to each other. You really are. Of, of reaching out and being family to, uh, to each other. But um, sometimes we wait, for, we wait for people to come to us. Let's put ourselves out there. Let's, let's embrace. Let's, let's live from the fullness that is Jesus. I, I loved, I was speaking to someone earlier that was just saying like, God is my go-to place for, for that. Somebody that doesn't have people around. He's like, actually, in this time's, God is my go-to place, and, I go, and it's just like, and he speaks to me about this and this and this. There is a richness there, but take that richness and then go and involve yourself in, let's lay ourselves down for each other. And secondly, to families, invite people over. You know, we enjoy our family, but actually, let's open it up, let's invite. And so on that note, you're invited next Sunday to our house for home church. <laughs> so we'll put out a, a message in the week, but yeah, friends, have a lovely week.